the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Yesterday was a sad day for me. I know you're saying start strong, Rob. Norm MacDonald, the stand-up comic and SNL legend, died at the age of 61 after a battle with cancer. What was really, really lovely was how many people shared social media about some of his best moments. It was one of those days where I was happy social media was there on the same day that I reported that Facebook's Instagram is causing teenagers to have a whacked out view of their bodies and leading to suicidal tendencies. Same day, I saw something positive. He would have said something funny along the lines, I'm pretty sure I'm not a doctor, but if I die, cancer dies too. And somehow he strangely would have found humor in that. I grew up as a young man watching Saturday Night Live, and he was one of the very first people that I ever said, I want to do something like that. Didn't quite work out that way. But damn funny man. Almost refreshing it was a day where it's not COVID, right? It's almost weird that cancer could be slightly relieving in the headlines. Stock markets did nothing yesterday, bringing up the real fears again that something wicked this way comes. NASDAQ was down one half of 1%. The S&P 500 down one half of percent. The Dow down eight tenths of 1%. Bitcoin up 4% to 46,754. 10-year treasuries back under that 1.3 level. Tell you there's some fears on September and the economy. All three major indices are down more than 1% in September. Just a dreary blah, blah, tele-blah kind of day. Oddly enough, Crocs at an all-time high. Offered a 2026 revenue forecast. 2026. They're doing okay. And for a company that basically makes plastic shoes, there's a lot of money in that. Or basically plastic clogs. Is that better? Yesterday, the big headline news was the economic data on the consumer prices. It rose at a slower pace in August than in July. That's comforting for those who are afraid of the runaway train called inflation. Choo-choo! Even used car prices dropped 1.5%. New car prices continue to rock higher. Don't think you're going to negotiate terribly well on a new car for now. So, let's see. How do you put this? Richard Branson's Virgin Galactic took passengers into space and what I would refer to as a let's take advantage of my brand the virgin name virgin Atlantic virgin records you know virgin Richard Branson 
and let's bring these companies public and I'll cash out another 200, 300, 400 million dollars for basically taking a plane twice the height of a typical plane. Nothing all that fancy in my opinion. Then Jeff Bezos a couple of days later does the same exact thing in his business is more, I would say ego driven than money driven. And then finally, now we get SpaceX who seems to be engineered driven. The first all civilian crew is going into orbit tonight. It's gonna rise about 80 miles higher than the International Space Station at peak of their three day joyride. Space is incredibly dangerous. Space wants to kill you. Um, space is a tough, tough environment. I'm not sure we're ever going to get off this planet because it is tough just being a piece of steel in space. You start to degrade. SpaceX's Inspiration4 is an ambitious, technically difficult, other than going up to space and coming right back down that we saw over the summer with Jet Bezos' Blue Origin and Richard Branson's Virgin Galactic. So that's going to be an interesting one. Again, it, so many things can go wrong, and you just hope that they don't. The people going up in space are civilians, a cancer survivor, a data engineer, a geology professor. They're bringing up a lot of merchandise with them. They're bringing up 66 pounds of hops. It's going to be used for Samuel Adams, the official beer of inspiration for. A little bit, how shall we say, commercialized. A ukulele from Martin Guitar. There's going to be some financing of this, a lot of advertising. Speaking of advertising, I have now found that Amazon is annoying as heck. It used to be that you could go to Amazon and see the best-selling products, boom, just like that, with a little search. Now you're getting advertisement after advertisement after advertisement after advertisement. And the whole user experience of the internet feels like we're being monetized. Anything that was magical seems to be slipping. Apple decided that 2021... Not the year to take risks. Nothing big announced yesterday, in my opinion. You get a slightly larger battery, a faster chip, a smaller notch. That's not going to be a big difference maker between the iPhone 13 and the iPhone 12. There's a new cinematic mode that's like portrait for videos. The Apple Watch Series 7, same exact uh, processor as last year's. A little bit bigger screen. With iPads, they got updated better cameras, faster processors, no other big changes. Apple did get a big win, mostly, with their case against Epic Games. Epic Games will not win that on appeal, so I believe, and from the people I've been reading, so that's out there. Anything you want to talk about today, we can talk about money, investing, and more. More than 45% of young people surveyed across 10 countries said that they have anxiety over climate change and it is affecting their daily lives. A couple of things I would invest in. Just on that news, what do you think I'm going to say? It's going to surprise you. Do you think I'm going to say that we should invest in climate change stocks? No, that's not what I'm going to say. Do you think we should invest in? I can tell you. Um, prescription medications. 45% of young people have said they cause, that 
climate change is causing anxiety and 56% say that humanity is doomed. We are going to need to take more antidepressants and anxiety relieving medicines than ever before. Uh, just throw that out there. Oh boy, who who would ever have thought that who would get into trouble? World Health Organization is slamming wealthy countries for starting their booster campaigns when there are countries with less than 2% of their populations vaccinated. Both the U.S. and U.K. will be giving out third shots next week. Um, I'll tell you this. The world did not do all that great at fighting this pandemic. I know we learned a lot of information. I know that in future pandemics, we might be a little bit more serious if they're not politicized at the beginning. But the war, we've got some countries that less than 2% of their population. We're, just, we're not figuring this out right. We know that the longer people stay unvaccinated, the more it spreads, the more it mutates. We know that. Oh, give me my third shot. I don't care. I'm rich. I won't die. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show, all social media at Rob Black Show. You can also find a big interview that I did with Adam Phillips at Rob Black Show on videos talking about the economy and where we are in the month of September going forward. Honest, straightforward, and right to the point. The Rob Black Show. Invest in what is really important. Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. Are you concerned with financial planning, tax planning, managing your investments, or just planning your retirement? Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. With over $12 billion in assets under management and more than 80 financial professionals at the helm, EP has your financial future in mind. Learn more by visiting robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Pfizer says Israel's data shows a third COVID shot boost efficacy to 95%. You're going to hear more and more about buy now, pay later. Goldman Sachs, who once was too good to have my money, too good to have the average consumer's money. They only service the wealthy, the high end, the bourgeois. Goldman Sachs is now acquiring fintech lender Green Sky for $2.24 billion as Goldman Sachs pushes further into consumer finance. And ultimately what's happening is the fintech revolution really hit big banks hard. They had these, I used to be able to say like these Chinese walls that other banks couldn't get into. Can't say Chinese walls anymore, can I? They used to have these imperviously high towers that no one could climb into. Is that better? They used to divide themselves like this side me, this side everyone else. But by going after Green Sky for $2.2 billion, they're pushing further into consumer finance. The all-stock deal for Green Sky called the biggest fintech platform for home improvement loans in a release, according to the deal, is expected to close by the first quarter. So they're the biggest fintech platform, financial technology, for home improvement loans. Green Sky is publicly traded and their shares jumped 44% on that news. But to me, it's really... Goldman Sachs created a consumer platform called Marcus, and it's actually pretty damn good. Uh, my industry is changing on a regular basis where there used to be nothing for the average person. Now you can do automated investing. That's pretty 
slickly set up and in, I'm not going to say intelligent. I'm not going to say it's flawless because it's not. But it's it, it's it's savvy. There's companies like Affirm and Klarna. Green Sky sidesteps credit cards for big ticket purchases of loans that are repaid over weeks or months. The buy now, pay later trend has gotten red hot. Affirm went public or Affirm's going public in January. That's going to be a big one. Square bought Afterpay for $29 billion. It's a big acquisition. PayPal acquiring a Japanese player for $2.7 billion. Um, if you are a savvy young man, and I am not a savvy young man, you can Google fintech companies, publicly traded fintech companies, fintech companies that may get acquired <clears throat> because that's red hot right now. And it's almost like throwing a dart and you're going to hit. It's going to be center. It's going to somewhere. It's going to hit the board somewhere. And that's all you need to do right now on a short term play. That's how red hot it is. Is that my advice? No. Stock market is wavering right now, in my opinion. Let's see how things are playing out this morning after about an hour of trading. Mm, Dow's up 55. Nothing spectacular. That's could be down 55 in three minutes or less. NASDAQ's down 33. The SP 500's up five. So the stock market's been wavering recently. September is historically a bad month for stocks. It's like getting kicked off American Idol. So you had a bad day. That's all I know. I've never watched a whole episode of American Idol. I get the premise and it's just not for me. Karaoke, not my thing. <clears throat> you can say it, Simon. Go ahead. Yes, yes, yes. So I had a bad day. Who was the loser on that show who quit after one season? <laughs> there was a sidekick. Whoops, he messed up by leaving that. Who would leave a good thing? It's always a good question. Dating back to 1928, the average September return on the S&P 500. It's been a loss of about 1%, 0.99, one-hundredths of 1%. That's 1% <clears throat> doesn't sound that bad. Halfway through the month this year, can you believe we're halfway through September? We're basically creeping up on October, then next thing, bam, wham, holy mackerel, it's Thanksgiving. I'll start talking about honey-baked hams and things like that and Christmas. And we'll start hearing those little peanut singers, the loo, 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 loo. Rising COVID cases around the globe are denting sales for a lot of companies right now. Weak economic data in August. Not helping stocks. COVID just won't go away. Um, to the point that I saw a story that family pleads for all family members to get the COVID shot after six of them die. And I'm like, I feel like I'm being too loose. I'm still wearing my mask. I'm still doing stuff like that, washing my hands a lot. I live in a county with over 95% vaccination. I couldn't possibly be in a safer area, but that's not how diseases work. Analysts have noted investor sentiment more broadly is mixed right now as concerns continue to center on whether a broader market correction is coming. There's a little bit of Phil Collins, I feel it, coming in the air tonight that we're going to have a 5% correction this month. Do I think it happens? I don't know. I'm not a gambling man by nature. Cybersecurity specialist Dark Trace 
posted upbeat quarterly results, company raised forecasts. I think it's pretty fair to say for the rest of my life, we're going to be talking about cybersecurity. They're going to be making movies about hackers who can get into computer systems that they shouldn't be able to get into. Watch tomorrow. It's invented. Uh, Non-hackable technology has been invented. Rob Black is wrong. All cybersecurity companies go out of business. Why do I say that? Because I want you to invest in things that are not fly-by-night. Once the first spaceship blows up, a lot of money is going to be leaving that sector as people get freaked out. Gambling stocks exposed Macau, the world's largest gaming center, have plunged as Chinese regulars turn their attention to that sector. Sands China dove 33% win Macau down 29%. That's brutal. That is brutal. China was focusing last month on the video game sector. Now they're focusing on uh, gambling sectors. And Wall Street does not like that at all. So do I think gambling stocks are going to be around? Yes. Do I like anything tied towards China's government? No. So I'm going to throw gambling stocks in Macau out. Still don't own any? Haven't owned any. One area that I would own, luxury goods. Do I think Louis Vuitton Moet Hennessy is going to be in business in 10, 15, 20, 30 years? Yes. Right now is a very bad time to be Louis Vuitton Moet Hennessy because what's happening in Asia, COVID-19 is spiking again in China. It may be cliche, but there's a lot of truth in some cliches. China is very important to the luxury market. You can find me online, robblackshow.com. So I might use the weakness now to look at luxury, like a Louis Vuitton Moe Hennessy. Microsoft's raising their dividend very nicely. Stocks responding well. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. The fortune-making spirit of today's marketplace, The Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. I enjoy this enormously. This is my favorite segment of the week. I want to get to speak with Patrick O'Hare from Briefing.com. Mr. O'Hare, how goes it today? Hi, Rob. It goes pretty well. Thank you. It's great to be back with you. September's turning out to be a real, how shall we say, uh, no fun market. No new record highs. It feels like we're drifting lower. Maybe we're drifting a little sideways to lower. There seems to be a little bit of a feeling of a correction is coming in the headline news, the financial media news. How are you feeling about September and the march towards Christmas? Yeah, I think I think you have a market that's just kind of like waiting on on a, on a new catalyst. Um, whether that drives it, you know, up sharply or down sharply, we don't know. But it seems just to be in this holding pattern. Has some things out there on the horizon that it can look to as as possible catalysts. Uh, you, have, you know, legislative factors in the latter half of this month, and then you <laughs> excuse me, then you have uh, you know earnings season coming up. Uh, in mid-October, and of course you'll have the you know the Fed coming out next week. Um, so it's just kind of in that uh, yeah that holding pattern. It knows it's had a nice run. It knows that it's probably overdue for a little bit of a a setback here, and uh, and it's trading that way. And I would um, argue really, I think that you've, you've heard a lot more focus of late on kind of the, the negative factors. Uh, you know, worries about Delta variant, mm-hmm. uh, worries about China's regulatory crackdown. Uh, worries about the debt ceiling, 
um, you know, worries about higher taxes. And, you know, the S&P 500 is it's down one and a half percent for the month, you know, after setting record highs last last month. So it's not uh, it's really not reacting all that badly um, in, in the grand scheme of things here. Um, and but there is a there's a I would agree, though, there's a little underlying sense of nervousness here that, uh, you know, could be in for some tougher sledding, perhaps in, in coming days. It's almost as if last year at this time we had stimulus coming. We had all these great changes in the world. We were deep into stimulus. Uh, We were kind of beating COVID because we had the vaccines coming. And a year later, it just doesn't feel like we were – it feels like the stimulus is waning a little bit and the Delta variant seems to be winning more so than losing or being contained. Um, Is it back to reality, back to kind of a – is that transition what we're feeling? Um, you, you know, we've priced in so much uh, okay. in terms of recovery optimism already, and I think what the market will be tackling, uh, wrestling with here is it's not so, not so much that things are going to like turn bad in terms of growth. Uh, they just are going to be less, less fast, <laughs> you know, less, uh, uh, less aggressive than we've seen coming off the bottom here. But, you know, you, you. Uh, uh, look at a you know forecast for you know GDP growth. Yeah, you, you, what you hear in the headline and what what kind of drives things right now is that you know for like a Goldman Sachs lowering its 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 GDP forecast. But yeah, but you know you're still at five percent, right? So um, that's down from from much higher growth expectations. But you know if you had told someone you know GDP would grow five percent you know before the pandemic period there'd have been like my goodness we'll take that you know that's a booming economy and so you just kind of the market's got to get its mind around the rate of change change factor changing and it's it's a it's a rate of change that will uh you know be earmarked by some deceleration but when you take a step back from it you're probably still looking at you know pretty solid growth all things considered on both the economic growth and earnings growth fronts so i think that's could be contributing a little bit here to why we're sort of, you know, chopping along here um, as the market tries to, you know, uh, get a sense of just, you know, just how much, uh, how how great the rate of change is ultimately going to be as it, as it continues to contemplate the effects of the Delta variant. The inflation numbers that we've seen, are they worrisome to you or are you kind of throwing them in the transitory where do you see the inflation data on the consumer prices and uh, how it's playing into the market? Yeah, we, you know, we're a little bit, you know, more concerned about inflation pressures being more more permanent or more persistent. Okay. Uh, and uh, you know, you, you clearly there's plenty of anecdotal evidence about uh, you know wage increases. Uh, you hear you know company after company talk about uh, uh, higher freight costs. Um, we know that there's supply chain bottlenecks here, and so. Yeah, you can always package it kind of as a transient factor. You know, if you keep moving that goalpost, you know, go down a few more months, you call it transient. Maybe three months after that, you call it transient again, three months after that. But, you know, eventually it's not transient. And, um, you know, it's kind of all boils down to kind of, you know, the market putting its its faith in the Fed, if you will, Fed Chair Powell and his view. And But, you know, when it loses faith that the Fed is kind of like – just trying to um, move, keep moving the goalposts so it ultimately proves itself correct many, many months down the road. 
um, then you get into some problems there because um, then you start worrying about Fed realizing that it maybe didn't get it right and having to raise interest rates a little bit more aggressively than the market had been pricing in, and, and that's when you get some more notable corrections. Um, we're not there yet, but we, um, you know, we're certainly concerned that these inflation pressures are are not going to just fade away as as readily as uh, some people think. In the day and age of cancel culture, I often try to kind of get up to that line and then back right off away from it. But what do you think, what do you make of China? And my my angle on radio is that I don't do a lot of Chinese stocks. I've never been to China. I don't know what their currency looks like. And I, I almost dumb it down to the point of I let other people invest there. But I don't even expose any of my money directly to China with like Chinese mutual funds or Chinese ETFs. The Chinese government's had quite a year, 2021, of cutting down on their tech companies. Now they're cutting down on their casino companies. What's your thoughts on investing in growth areas like China? Well, it, it's you know become more challenging here because you, you have a, a leader in, in China who's effectively been appointed for, for life. Um, and, uh, and, and we're seeing how quickly the, the rules can change when, you know, a Communist Party leader decides to, to change the rules. And it makes the investment landscape, you know, very difficult uh, to navigate. Um, now, you can certainly, I think, see that, uh, you know, you have to maintain uh, social uh, control there. If you will, you can't upset the masses too much to invite revolution. So there will be at some point where, you know, uh, where it's understood that, um, you know, Xi Jinping certainly wants Chinese economy to do well. And uh, and that there, you know, just there's a huge burgeoning middle class there that um, you know is going to be a, a massive consumer, and so there will still continue to be long-term investment opportunities. I think, you know, at this juncture, it's probably a you know prudent to just kind of take a step back and wait to the, for the dust to settle on a lot of these regulatory uh, uh, steamrolling issues that are that are coming to light right now, and and and, and find that kind of that level of equilibrium to where you can have a little more confidence in, in investing over there. Um, so uh, it's a difficult environment right now. There's no question about it. What else are you working on at this point in time that we should be made aware of that maybe is a little bit on the fringe from what financial media tends to report? Well, uh, you know, one of the, one of the things I might be looking at and kind of goes back to what we discussed just a little bit ago in terms of some of the inflation pressures is, um, you know, is the uh, what's called a quit a quits rate. Um, it's kind of you know people voluntarily basically you know quitting their jobs mm-hmm. and looking at as as a potential um, indication of where you might see wage inflation. In other words, if if you're seeing a lot of People quit in specific industries. Uh, they might probably be doing that compelled to, to find higher-paying jobs elsewhere. So, therefore, the industry that they've left is going to perhaps be in a position where they need to raise wages to keep their talent uh, from uh, from going away or to attract new talent. And so, that's one of the things that we have to be concerned about um, here in coming months is, is whether you get you know broader-based wage if you get broader wage-based inflation pressures, and that's when you see things become more persistent on the inflation front and where things become more challenging for uh, for monetary policy. 
I don't know if you'll agree with a statement, but I believe in compromises. So when you say things like the wage inflation could potentially be a negative, but it's also could be potentially a positive. People will have more money to spend and help the economy. It'll force companies to invest in productivity, potentially to get the same kind of profit that they're used to. Any truth to there are no right answers in commerce? There's just compromises. Mm-hmm. Well, I I, I I agree where you're coming from, uh, Robert. I think the, you know, from kind of from where I sit and, and, and trying to assess how the how the stock market's going to look at that, you know, might be a different thing where there might be less willingness to compromise on that viewpoint because this market is so wrapped up in the persistence of, of low interest rates that uh, you might see some revolution there if, if you get interest rates moving up uh, in a more aggressive fashion than it previously expected. So there again, you kind of get that rate of change component factoring in there as a uh, as a change agent, um, because uh, the market's just been groomed to think that you know interest rates aren't going to go up anytime soon. Thanks for joining us. It's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com, always a reliable source of domestic and international information on the markets around the world. Uh, I can get lost in that site and spend 20, 30 minutes easily looking up just the stocks that I care about, checking up on the headline news. I think you could find a lot of use for briefing.com. You can find them at briefing.com. You can find me at Rob Black Show. That's robblackshow.com. Have a question? Reach out at robblackshow.com. robblackshow.com. I want to be a little self-promotional here and tell you about some of my new features on my website. I've gotten a lot of great downloadables that are free for you to learn a little bit about investing. It's at Rob Black Show with the Social Security Retirement Guide, the Retirement Planning Guide, how to choose a financial advisor, 15 things to consider before retaining a financial advisor, how to choose a financial advisor for small business owners. I'm going to be putting up more content there. How to invest if you've got a pension. How to invest if you're a school teacher. I'm going to be putting up more, but you got to tell me what you want. You can get my podcast at robblackshow.com. You can get the downloadables at robblackshow.com. And something I'm really, really proud of, some of my TV work is lovely. But now I'm working with a company called EP Wealth because they've got an investment policy committee of 10 who do nothing but work on investments. And they're all bright people. And I don't have the ability to be as big picture as I can possibly be, can be. I'm still focusing on growth on this show, so don't worry about that. But one of the people I get to interview every week for the company is a guy named Adam Phillips. He's EP's Managing Director of Portfolio Strategy. He's a certified financial planner and a chartered financial analyst, and he's a lovely human being. I'm going to play a little clip. It's only little because it's a 20-minute clip. Don't want to put it all on radio, so I'm going to here give you a little bit of a tease in three, two, one. Shocking thing in the update to me was oil being up 45% for the year to date, and we're closing in on almost 100 days till Christmas. The year's gone by quickly. Anything shocking in those numbers that I threw out today? I think a lot of it was shocking. I was, well, first I was just impressed that you had all that information. I was kind of taking mental notes. Um, but uh, Halloween is just around the corner. So that's uh, good for me to, to think about. I, I like to do uh, costumes with the kids. So I'll, I'll start getting on that and planning. But, you know, I, I think that the fact that uh, the holiday season is fast approaching is, is something that, that's certainly top of mind. You know, we're, we're focused on these ongoing supply chain concerns in, in, in the country throughout the world. And th- this morning I saw that there's in the three largest ports in the U.S., uh, there's close to 70 container ships that are waiting uh, to, uh, to dock and unload. Um, this is up tremendously just since July. There were only about 20 then, and that number was still high. So it tells you that 
these supply chain concerns are, are uh, still here with us. And we're wondering if they're going to abate by the time the holidays roll, roll, roll around. I don't know if they will. And so I, I think a lot of people are, um, are, are bringing forward their, their holiday spending plans or trying to get ahead of it because what you don't want to do is give someone an IOU or, or give someone a, a receipt and say, yeah, it's coming. It'll probably be here in February. So it's something that I think we all need to think about. I'm not a CFP. You are. I'm not a chartered financial analyst. You are. But I can tell you from what I do, my work in television, get your Christmas gifts now. The best deals will be in November. But if you see something you want, get it because there's not going to be a lot of deals and the supply chain looks like it's going to be an issue this year. That's right. Yeah, the kids don't don't understand the supply chain uh, conversation. <laughs> you can't really use that as an excuse. So uh, uh, Santa that doesn't have to deal with those things, they, they think. So um, yeah, better, better, better to be on top of it this year. And that's Adam Phillips. The longer form can be found at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. I'll be putting those up on Tuesdays every week. I'll be adding an economist and some other market strategists down the road. I have a lot of good content that I think is easy to digest. He's some of the easiest, and it's some pretty big concepts. That's Adam Phillips, EP's Managing Director of Portfolio Strategy. A little self-serving there for that segment. Sorry, but got to take care of some business. The typical millennial, or the oldest millennial, I'm sorry, is going to turn 40 this year. That's interesting because I'm like one of the oldest Generation Xers. And the oldest millennial turns 40. They'll have less wealth, more debt, and about the same earnings as past generations their age. You probably figured out what bothers me. Millennials are technically 25 to 40 right now. It's a hard concept to grasp when the media narrative has painted millennials as young, frivolous 20-somethings. They love selfie sticks. They can't afford anything because they spend too much money on avocado toast. They like the experiences versus the investments. It's a pretty inaccurate picture, though. The typical 40-year-old millennial especially doesn't quite align with the media image. Millennials are known for battling a series of economic challenges from student debt to Great Recession. The typical 40-year-old millennial bore the brunt of the financial crisis, which left them with less wealth, more debt than any past generation at their age, many still living at home as a way of saving money, also as a way of avoiding high rent costs, right? Millennials have suffered what, in my opinion, is lifelong financial damage given the Great Recession and two basically big recessions that caused job losses. Their early postgraduate years were marked by a tough job market, which led to wage stagnation. The typical 40-year-old head of a household earns about $73,000 per year. Boomers earned about $72,000 at that age, and Generation X earned about $68,000 at that age. But we've seen soaring living costs from everything tied towards housing to healthcare. It's made building wealth incredibly difficult. With a net worth of about $91,000, the typical 40-year-old head of a household millennial is only 80% as wealthy as their parents at this age. We need more because inflation is eaten away. 40 years old means you should have at least $100,000 to $400,000 saved, in my opinion. If you're going to retire comfortably, you're going to need a big nest egg. The oldest millennials are trying to catch up. It's not over yet. You're only 40. 
But if you don't have between a hundred to four hundred thousand dollars by the age of forty or early forties, I'm going to predict that you're going to work till the day you die. I would. I'm not going to say I take that bet, but odds are leaning towards you not being able to create enough wealth in the final twenty years to pull off a comfortable retirement from age sixty to hundred. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Find me there. And don't forget that EP Wealth interview that I do every week. I want to see those numbers push higher. You can also find me on Facebook at Cron4 Rob Black. I hate Rob Black, another Facebook page. I hate Rob Black. But my prime website is robblackshow.com and YouTube Rob Black Show. The fortune-making spirit of today's marketplace, the Rob Black Show. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.